Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Heartbreakers. Welcome back to another Breakdown Bonus episode. Today, I am accompanied by Jessica Ann Pressler, LCSW. And I'm so excited we're going to be chatting about this week's episode together. Hi, Abby. So nice to be here. Uh, Tell me a little bit about the work that you've done. I know you also have a little bit of personal experience um, with some bad relationships, but tell me about uh, all the work that you do in the mental health field. Well, I definitely do. So I've been working, believe it or not, for 35 years as a psychotherapist. And I work doing couple therapy and individual therapy and marital therapy and family therapy. And the only really important piece to note is that despite the fact that I was really helping a ton of people out there, I was repeating um, very self-destructive relationships and patterns in my own personal relationships. So despite all the knowledge that I had in all those years, I still couldn't get it right. So here I am many years later trying to help other people because I finally did get it right. But it took time to learn why I kept repeating those patterns. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited that you're here to chat with us and coming from a place of understanding where uh, people are coming from when they're in these really difficult relationships. This week, we had a story about a woman whose husband just decided to bounce after they had their first kid. And I was so heartbroken for her. I couldn't believe that he at one point had even introduced her to his mistress over Skype. And I just can't wrap my mind around why any person would think that's okay. I mean, infidelity is one thing, but then to also be like introducing them and bringing them into the same circle is wild to me. Well, since I've never met him, I hear, but I can't help but say he sounds like a narcissist and I don't want to label people because I don't know him, but this, the total disregard for her feelings is just heartbreaking. So not only um, whatever he was doing, which we don't know everything, what was going on on the side, we certainly know that he had no regard for how she was feeling. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about narcissists in relationships. And this is something we've talked about a lot on this podcast. And I think it's because it's so common for really bad relationships for the root of that to be them being in a relationship with a narcissist. So talk to me about what a narcissist looks like in a unhealthy relationship. Like when I say, oh, I was dating a narcissist, what would that mean? Right. And there's different traits. I mean, different um, uh, levels of narcissism. Uh, There's, you know, malignant one where it's pure evil. I mean, whatever they do, they actually may want to hurt you as part of the excitement of what they do. And then, you know, everyone has different aspects of the traits. But uh, so what does it look like? It may start off as being wonderful and a lot of love bombing and everything seems the same, you know, normal and fine. But what happens is they get to a place where they just disregard your feelings. So um, in the beginning, they even may not even know what they're doing. They may feel the high of um, the excitement of um, the other person loving them or liking them. And then they may do something and the other person calls them on it. So all of a sudden now for them, they're not getting their needs met. They're not getting the narcissistic supply that they need and adore and the mirror. So they may withdraw, they may punish, they may do something because they need constant power and control. 
They need to feel validated. They need to. So sometimes they may um, look elsewhere for that if they're not getting it in their marriage. And that's exactly what he did. One of the biggest points and turning points in this whole story is a lot of it really comes to a head when they introduce their first child into the world. So I, I would wonder just from a mental health standpoint, like, let's just say that this guy is a narcissist. We don't know him. We, you know, you're not, he's not your client or anything, but um, could parenthood trigger some of those narcissistic behaviors? Yes. With a narcissist and even not a narcissist. So, you know, a person is having a child. So of course the child becomes the focus. The um, person who winds up cheating may not feel they're the center of the tension as they may have felt they were before. They may um, have all of a sudden things they have to do for their, let's just say it's a man, for their wife or for their child. They may not be um, told they're wonderful and great, which they may have been done before. They're just not getting their their validation they need and their needs met. And they may just be looking for excitement, which being home is not exciting anymore. All of a sudden they're worrying about finances. All of a sudden they're worrying about being a good father or mother, depending on who it is. All of a sudden they're, you know, real life, real life occurs. And all of a sudden their, their other, their wife or husband can't go out and party with them. All of a sudden they're told they don't, can't game anymore. <laughs> you know, they can't do what they want anymore. All of a sudden they have responsibilities. And so they go elsewhere for that validation. They go elsewhere for that sex. Maybe they're not having sex any, as much anymore. They go elsewhere for, um, it just being in a place where they don't have to talk about their child. And maybe they just never wanted a child in the first place, or maybe it's bringing up old stuff they haven't worked through. Mm. And uh, something I, I've recently been thinking about um, with just hearing about narcissistic behavior in relationships, I think sometimes people who listen to this podcast, even myself, sometimes I can hear like small tidbits. Not that I would consider myself a narcissist, but sometimes I hear things. I'm like, oh my God, if I do something even similar similar to that, Am I a narcissist? Do I experience narcissistic behavior? But something that I've heard um, is that a narcissist doesn't know that they're a narcissist or they're not going to ask themselves if they're a narcissist. So if somebody is doing those kinds of things, like, are they even conscious of how that's affecting others? So I believe that and I understand that a narcissist is um, dealing with their own childhood wounds. Not that we should you know, excuse their behavior because they're wounded, but they are. And a lot of what they do is their coping mechanisms so that they don't have a face who they are. They don't have to look inside. And so they do all kinds of things to cover that up. So do I think, I think most narcissists probably do not know that their behavior, they're not, they don't have that insight. So they're not going to ask, am I doing something wrong? Am I doing something that hurts someone else? Because they just don't care. They don't think about it. They just don't have that empathy. They don't, Think about what it does to someone else. If you're, you know, and if you're saying, you know, am I a narcissist? Chances are you're not a narcissist because you are, you know, trying to gain insight into what your behavior is. And, you know, everyone can have what we may consider a narcissistic moment or because there's a spectrum, you know, thinking about yourself and your needs. You know, we, we have that. We um, talk about out there being authentic and taking care of your needs and 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 self love and self care. Those are good things. That doesn't make you a narcissist. I, I've never heard it explained that narcissism could be on a spectrum. So, like, obviously, we have maybe somebody in this case that we heard on the main episode. Let's say they're on the far end of the spectrum of just extreme narcissism. What would low level narcissism look like in a relationship that maybe somebody wouldn't even pick up on? Okay, so um, some guy goes out with his friends and his wife is home with the, with the baby. 
And he's, she's been home all day and she calls him and says, you know what, can you come home at 10 o'clock tonight instead of midnight? I really am exhausted. And he's like, no, I'm out with my friends. I'm not going, you know, and he just can't see, can't go to that place where he can be empathetic to her needs. So mm-hmm. that would be, you know, something that probably happens, you know, here and there all the time, little versions of that. Yeah. So, so it's a little bit of narcissism, <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of, of the trait. Gotcha. And you also mentioned that this is a way to cover up childhood wounds. So help me make sense of that. So if I see this guy, you know, he's running off with some other woman and he's, in my opinion, abandoning his child and the mother of his children. Um, how does that relate to somebody's past? Like how do those two correlate and bring out the narcissistic traits? He he just has such low self-esteem and he has such um, a need for validations that he just isn't thinking about his wife and his kid. If anything, they're getting in the way of getting his needs met. So all he's thinking, it's like tunnel vision. I almost look at it as narcissists are addicted to their supply. So they, you know, when a person's um, addicted to something, they don't see it's tunnel vision. It's all about getting their needs met. He just doesn't care. He doesn't even think about the needs of what's going on at home. If anything, they get in the way. So all he's thinking about is getting, um, being told he's a wonderful person, you know, how great he is in bed, or even the power of knowing he can get away with it. I mean, it depends on how malignant you are, but there are, are people out there that actually get the high of I'm all powerful. I always think of like King Kong, you know, pounding their chest. I'm so powerful. I've got a woman home. I've got a woman there. I've got a, you know, and I'm getting away with it. And I'm entitled to this because I deserve it. And it, other people's needs don't matter. And that is just that overwhelming need for validation, which they may have not gotten in their childhood. They may have not had that safety when they were younger. People, Their parents may have ignored their needs or um, only validated them if they got, and you know, it, uh, they looked beautiful or whatever it is. And it's, and they look out. So they're looking outside instead of inside for validation. Mm. Uh, They have to look outside. So one way of looking outside is by um, having an affair. Mm. Yeah. And it's so interesting how this all ends up backfiring on him. So he ends up leaving his wife and his child for this other woman who long story short, ends up becoming pregnant with uh, another child, which is seemingly the thing he was trying to run away from. And then, you know, after she ends up getting him into the situation where he's paying for her rent and, um, you know, they're in this very weird relationship, which I believe the story ends up with them breaking up. But she at one point says, oh, by the way, I'm asexual. And, you know, I just I just want to be in a partnership and a French or in a friendship. I almost wonder if he ended up falling into a relationship with another narcissist, would you put that kind of behavior of maybe someone trying to manipulate into getting those financial needs met in the narcissist? I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights, make it spicy. My margaritas, make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you gotta have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code 
Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount, code Abby. It's finally not a miserable temperature outside, which only means one thing, summer is coming up. And let's make one thing clear, there is hibernation Abby and there is summer Abby. And summer Abby likes to feel light and healthy. That's why I've been trying out meals from Factor. They've got meals shipped to your house that are super easy to heat up in a jiffy. And you're probably like, ew, refrigerated meal. That must be so unhealthy and gross. No, I can confirm these are delicious and they have so many different options like calorie smart, keto, protein plus, or vegan and veggie. You can also add on more than 60 add-ons every single week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. You get chef-prepared meals on the table in two minutes with Factors ready-to-eat meals so you can get back to doing what you love this spring and you don't have to clean anything up. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. I feel like there's two types of people in the world. The people that get super excited when the temps hit the 80s and the people who are like, holy crap, it's bathing suit weather and I do not feel my best. The warmer it is, the more dialed in I feel like I need to be with my nutrition. But I gotta be honest with you, I hate cooking. Do I cook for myself and feel great? Or do I get takeout and eat a bunch of crap that's just honestly expensive and not that great for you? That's why I really enjoyed trying out Factor. Factor is a meal service that requires no prep. All you gotta do is heat them up in the microwave for like two minutes and they're chef crafted. So they're actually designed to meet your nutrition goals. Whether you're trying to watch your calories, get more protein in or follow a keto diet. There are 35 different meals and 60 add-ons to choose from with breakfast, lunches, dinners, and even desserts. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, because it's all about what their needs are and doesn't and she didn't care about his feelings either or breaking up the marriage or anything else, the other marriage um, or anything else. So, of course, when you only think about your own needs and you just don't care about what it does to anyone else, it does put you in the narcissist spectrum. Mm -hmm. For sure. And it, it's crazy. I hear all these stories and I'm like, wow, are there just like millions of narcissists running around? Like, do you, would you say this is one of the most common uh, mental health p- issues that they don't even know that they're struggling with? Because again, they're not asking themselves that question. That's the whole thing about, you know, to diagnose a narcissist, they have to come into um, an office and they're not coming in. I think the diagnosable narcissist um, is like one to 2%. It's very small, but in reality, it's probably 50, 50%, uh, or maybe that's an exaggeration, but certainly many, many more that walk into an office because of the reason we spoke about before. And that is they lack insight and they certainly, um, though they, they lack insight. Yeah. Yeah. What does that treatment even look like? So like, let's say I go in to your office and I say, Jessica, I think I'm a narcissist. Where do you even start with healing that person to get them out of those behavioral patterns? Well, I first, first of all, I would definitely look into their childhood because I definitely think there are childhood wounds involved. And just like I would with someone who comes as a codependent, because, and I would look at their childhood wounds and try to get an understanding and an acceptance of these wounds. Um, But because the narcissist has such um, coping mechanisms that are so strong. It's been there, you know, as everyone does, it's hard to conquer them. They would have to be able to tolerate that because all they're doing, the narcissist's entire, um, the way, the reason they act the way they act is to cover up those wounds, mm. is to cover 
So they've spent their entire life up to that point, if they walk in the office, um, covering up the wounds, it's a really hard, hard knock to crack and, you know, to get there. Yeah. Um, Now I'd like to talk about the trauma of having to get over that kind of betrayal from your husband. So from our protagonist standpoint, this woman who was just in this relationship with a man that she loved. And then one day, you know, these narcissistic behaviors come out and he leaves her for this other woman. What is that like to have to move on from that? I know to an extent you can relate to that. So what does that healing process look like? Well, I think there's several parts that has to happen. One is to, she needs to know that it's not her fault. Nothing she did would have necessarily changed it. And even if it did, it doesn't matter because it's not her fault. He cheated. He didn't have to go that route. One. Um, two, to um, take time to grieve, that you are grieving not only the relationship, but how she thought her future was going to be. And I did hear the segment. So I know that she bent over backwards, trying to make the marriage work, trying to do anything she could, anything she could, way beyond most people would have done to try to work on this relationship. And it never was going to happen. And nothing she could have done would have made that. So so an understanding that there's no fault in what happened here. This is his issues, something he has to work on if he wants to. And, and, but really take time, take time not to date, take time to um, figure out why she stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounded like if I remember she had a very healthy um, upbringing, she had good role models and that's wonderful. But for some reason, she allowed him to treat her pretty poorly. Not mm-hmm. just, I remember, not just um, when it, he cheated, but also even when she was pregnant, he wasn't very supportive. Oh God. Yeah. And that's such a vulnerable, vulnerable position. You know, this is your first child and really the only person that can hold your hand through that is your doctors and, you know, your mom, like you said, she had a great relationship with her family. And then you would hope the person that you're going to be parenting with is going to be there right with you. So I can imagine she must've felt so abandoned and then to it actually turn into a physical abandonment later, just my heart aches for her. She spoke about um, being in the other room and her husband, like, in the, I just had this pain for her because she was in one room and doing all these things to try to make the marriage work. And he would clo- go in another room and close the door. I mean, the loneliness that she must have felt as a married person, you know, people talk about they don't want to be married because they're fear of being lonely. But it sounds like and I can't speak for her, but I have been there. You can be actually more lonely in a marriage. Oh, my God. I can't imagine like there must be nothing lonelier than looking over and even though there's someone physically next to you feeling like they're not there for you at all. But and he said he, said he, he well, because he spoke about the other woman at t- different times and he kept talking about her and, and bringing it home. You know, whatever he was saying, I don't know exactly, but she said that he would talk about her and she tolerated that. And I felt so sad for her. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, she wanted to make it work and do the best thing for her kid. But um, you've mentioned that you have been able to work past your own relationship struggles and find happiness. So if you could give her or women who have been in similar positions, any advice for finding that kind of happiness now that they're out of those really toxic relationships, what would you tell them? So it's very important to heal, as I said, and to grieve and grieve what you thought it would have been, what it, what it was, the, the, um, the uh, secrets that were going on just to give yourself that time, but then to maybe figure out why for her, why she stayed so long and why she allowed 
um, him to treat her so poorly because it wasn't just by cheating. He treated her poorly by going into that room and not being there for her in so many ways. And, and to learn from that so that you are ready then for the next relationship, you come in at a much healthier place, which I had to do. I had to do that in my situation as well. And I've certainly counseled people for my entire career to do that as well. Yeah. Okay. And, is there- and sorry, and surround yourself by loving, caring, compassionate, non-judgmental people. And if you go to get a professional help, make sure they understand what you've been through and not re-victimize you. Is there anything that we didn't cover that maybe you picked up on the story that you wanted to comment on or just anything that I didn't even have the context to ask for? Oh, let me think. Um, and it's okay if the answer is no, but I, this is the, like my my clean, sweet question to make sure that we've covered all our bases. I guess for her in general to have empathy toward herself. I mean, I really think that for me, the most important thing for me after all these years is when I understood a narcissist in my case, we're not going to label him, but when I understood that it really took a lot of, under, it t- gave me that it gave me context of everything that happened. Mm. And in my past, because many times it was, and it, it allowed me uh, a way to um, communicate with that person in the future too, because she still has a relationship with him. It didn't, you know, stop. She has a child with him, mm-hmm. but um, just uh, to continue to surround herself by loving people. I don't know. I mean, I, I did have all these ideas and I'm forgetting everything. <laughs> I know it's the worst. It's like getting asked what your favorite color is. And it's like, I know I have a favorite color, but in this moment, <laughs> my mind has just gone blank or like my favorite movie, just blank. Um, but thank you for all your insight. Um, I We are going to be talking about your own breakup story coming up in the next few weeks pretty soon. If you could give any kind of teaser for the people listening as to what we're going to be talking about, what would you say? Well, in that story, um, I was with that person for a year and a half. And for at least a year of that year and a half, he was cheating on me with many, many, many people. And just my ability to overlook all the hints, all the red flags and um, understand something was wrong. And just to note that that feeling of limbo was horrible to go through. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and giving your incredible insight. I know a lot of people have benefited from everything you've said. We talk about narcissists a lot, but there's always a different facet to be able to dive into and to talk about because it's so common, unfortunately. Again, like I said, it feels like there's just millions of them running around and they're all coming on this podcast. <laughs> well, for yes, it makes sense for what your podcast is. They would. 